where and when you were going to fall into temptation, would you still go there about that time? Avoid those moments where you're most likely to fall. Planning to fail. The way that you plan to fail is by failing to plan. I don't know what your biggest pitfall is, but ask yourself these questions. Are there places that I shouldn't go anymore? Are there relationships that are keeping me from having victory over this sin? Is there anything I could do to better prepare for when that temptation comes back? I don't know what your sin is, what your temptation is, what your habits are, but are you making preparations to not do those things anymore? When I was a youth pastor, I used to tell uh, the teenagers, don't wait till you're in the back seat of a car to try and fight temptation. That's not the place to fight temptation. It's every moment till then. God always promises to make ways of escape, but sometimes we don't take them. Is there anything that I could do to better prepare? Proverbs 5 tells a story of a young man being challenged to avoid an adulterous woman's house. He says, don't go on that street anymore. Don't go down that way, especially not at a certain time. He had to prepare to not end up in the sin. And it wasn't when he was sinning that he was trying to get out of it. He changed his direction. He took a different route. He did things differently. Why? Because uh, going by that house would lead to temptation to be unfaithful to his wife. Don't make provisions for your flesh. Study your sin patterns. When am I doing these things? When am I most likely to scream at my children? When am I most likely to fall into the sin? What can I do differently before I get there? How can I get accountability? How can I make no provision for my flesh? The second one is this. Fight sin early and often. Don't wait till you're falling into the pit to worry about getting out. Be careful. Stay away. We'll never be perfect. But God has a life of joy and peace and comfort when we avoid the pitfalls. The Bible talks a lot about the joy of the Lord being our strength. It talks a lot about peace and comfort and victory. Does that describe your Christian walk? If it doesn't, it's probably because there is something in your life that is holding you back. It's going to take time. You don't get out of the habit of sin in one day. Why? Because you didn't get into that habit of sin in one day. You need to create new habits, holy habits, filling your mind with the right types of things, not the unwise and wicked things. Maybe your problem is with unforgiveness, and you've tried to forgive, but you keep getting filled up with anger, and you don't know how to calm yourself down once you get to that angry, rage state of remembering what's been done to you. Well, the right way to handle that is not to wait till you're in the rage. It's to start with the little thoughts. Fight them when they're smaller. Don't let your mind dwell on the past. Decide not to bring it up, even though you could. Don't hash it out with every new person that you meet. Fight the sin when it's uh, smaller. Don't wait till it gets too big 
to handle. Know your heart. Know your temptations. Know your weaknesses. Know the type of temptation that you are weak to. We need to be self-aware and examine our heart and look at where we could push ourselves closer to God. Proverbs 4.23 talks about this, and it gives us all these action words about how we should fight sin. It's not a passive thing. Fighting sin is not about what you don't do. It's about what you do to prepare for when that sin comes. Check out these words in Proverbs 4.23. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance. From it flows the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talks far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight, uh, straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. It tells us to keep our hearts and to get out in front of it. It tells us to put away some things, to look directly ahead and to turn away from sin and evil. Guard your heart. Be mindful of the things that taint your heart. Why? Because life flows out from it. Out of your heart, your mouth speaks. So watch out for pitfalls. Don't stray from that narrow path by distractions around you. This is the way of the steady, purpose-filled life of a follower of Christ. None of this happens on accident. And you might say, Pastor Phil, I am stuck, I'm in bondage, I'm struggling, and it makes sense because maybe you haven't been prepared for how to get in front of this. You don't wait till you're neck deep in sin to try and get out of it. It's in all the moments in between. Because sin doesn't start with an action. Fornication doesn't start with sex. Casual sex starts with the craving, with the want. And if we don't fight that, then we end up in trouble. Murder doesn't start with violent acts. Uh, It starts with hate and anger. It starts with a craving to do something about your situation. James 1.14 tells us that. It says that each of us is tempted when we're lured away and enticed. How? By our own desires. See, the sin problem is in us. And until we are redeemed by God and all things are made new, we're going to have to fight the old man and put on the new man. We're enticed by our own desires. And then when desire has conceived, it brings birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. See, the crime is not so much about just the do's and the don'ts. The walk of Christ and following Jesus is not about a list of rules that you need to adhere to. It's the fact that Jesus is standing before you today, waiting for you to want a relationship with him. But we don't want that. We want lesser things. God wants nothing more than for you to spend some time with him and to sit and be quiet and to get to know him. God has good things for you, better things. And he wants to fill you 
And he wants to take away your emptiness. He wants to take away your guilt and your shame. And he wants to bring you this amazing joy and peace and comfort. See, the real problem is not that you told a a dirty joke or, or looked at or listened to something that you shouldn't. The real problem is that you wanted those things more than you wanted God. And that's why Colossians 3, 2 tells us to set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Set your mind on God's things. It's not about just fighting temptation. It's about replacing those temptations with good things. It's about having new affections that are greater And that's the last tool. Create holy habits that change our appetites. Make no provision for your flesh. Fight sin early and often and create holy habits that change our appetites. When I was younger, I used to hate salads. I don't want anything to do with salads. It's just a waste of time. Doesn't make you, uh, you know, less hungry. But when I got married, my metabolism slowed down. And my middle got a little rounder. And I started getting heartburn every time I ate a Pop-Tart. So I had to stop eating like I was a teenager. Right? I needed to eat things that were better for me because the way that I was eating was hurting me. So it started off by doing some things I wasn't super excited about. That meant eating more salads, right? But the weird thing about changing our appetite is many times you can begin to crave the things that you used to turn your nose up to. Now I love salads. I'll order a salad at a restaurant. It's one of my favorite things to eat when I used to not like it because I changed my habit. Your natural cravings rarely line up with what is good for you. So we set out to change those cravings. Filling our spiritual belly with things that are good for us. God's word, books that help us mature in our faith, prayer, community, the preaching of God's word, telling people about how good Jesus has been to you, sharing and serving other people. We replace those things with things that we might not be super excited about right now, but we know in the end, those things are going to be the things that we're filled by. Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe it is like you get out of a habit of coming to church on a Sunday morning and you're just like, man, I don't know if I want to go. But that one time you wake up and you put your flesh to the side and you drive here and you sit down and you're still not super excited. But at the end of it, you say, man, I'm glad I went. That's happened to me over and over again. Happened to me this morning. I'm just kidding. Sometimes it does. We put aside our weaker and lesser cravings for something that we know is better for us. And then we build that affection for the things of God by taking them in and taking them in and reading God's word and spending time in prayer. And it's not always easy, but it's better. And it leads to the place God wants us to go. There are pitfalls in this life that are waiting to break you. They are waiting 
to bring your life crashing down around you. There are pitfalls in this life that will cause you to fall so far that everybody around you would say, man, what happened to them? They used to have it all together. Everything was going good. What happened? They stepped on something that looked good and they fell. You have to be careful. You have to be intentional. And if you walk clumsily, you will hurt yourself and those around you. All sin is dangerous and hurtful to your heart. So you have to guard it, not through your own strength, but by learning to lean on the strength of the Holy Spirit and the example of Jesus Christ, our Savior. If you stumble through this life, you're going to smack your head on something. So you need to ask God to lead you and guide you with a lamp to your feet and a light to your path and relying on him for every moment. And then you figure out, oh no, I haven't been doing that. You jump back in because our God is a forgiving God that loves us and cares about us and is always ready to welcome us home. Well, Pastor Phil, I already fell in the pit. My life's already ruined. Hey, you wanna know something that's awesome? Your father wants to welcome you back regardless. And he wants to pick you up he wants to brush you off. He wants to hold you close. He wants to walk with you. Make no provision for your flesh. Plan today to make sin harder tomorrow. Fight sin early and often. Stop sin when it's a little snowball before it turns into an avalanche that you cannot control. Create holy habits that over time will change your appetites. It's not going to be easy. You didn't get into this in one day. You're not going to get out of this in one day. Your uh, conceited and selfish ways, are you been cultivating that attitude your whole entire life? You're not going to change it in one afternoon. The pride and the judgmentalness and the criticism and the alcoholism and the sexual sin and whatever you want to add in there. All sin is dangerous and it will hurt you. And you have to be intentional. You have to fight it today so you're better off tomorrow. God is not a bummer. He's not trying to keep you from all the fun. No, our sin hurts us. And it damages us and those around us. God wants to guide us away from that sin to a better life. And the things that he has for us are far better than we can ever imagine. It's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. But it is better and it lives to a life of no regrets. So avoid the pitfalls and run to a loving God that has a better way. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes as the band comes. Talked about some serious things today. One of the greatest strengths of the hardest sins for us to fight is we like to blame those sins on other people. Well, I only said this because that person said that, or I only did this because of what happened to me in the past. 
The first step is going to be you accepting that you are the problem. I'm the problem. Taylor Swift just came out with a song that said that, right? Amen? I'm the problem. Does that mean you're all to blame? It doesn't matter because you can't live this life blaming everybody else for your problems. You'll never grow yourself. You'll never work on yourself. Own your part of conflict. Own your part of those habits of sin that you have created and move forward. Stop giving people control from your past. That's called being a victim. And you don't want to be a victim because you have the victory. Don't look back at all the things behind you and say, they're the reason. I'm not saying those things were good. I'm not saying those things didn't destroy your life. But today, today, you don't have to live in them. God wants to take the pain and the sorrows, he wants you to lay down those burdens at his feet. And when we t- pick them back up, he wants to lay down again. And when we pick them back up, he wants us to lay them down again. And start today. Make no provision for your flesh. Every head's bowed and eyes closed. take a few minutes as the band just softly plays here and not rush past this moment doesn't matter what happens next doesn't matter who's next to me God what are the pitfalls that we keep falling in pray that prayer right now ask him to show you amazing thing about Jesus is he doesn't stand above the pit and point fingers at us although he could he he has the right Uh, instead he crawls down in the pit puts us on his shoulders and lifts us out that's the God that loves you today
Maybe you're here today and you're not sure you yet have a relationship with him. You believe in God, but not sure you're a Jesus follower yet. Church membership is not what's important or uh, even baptism, although it's important, it's not what saves us. The first step is a accepting of the gift of Jesus Christ. See, he died for us 2,000 years ago. Jesus is a real man that lived and breathed and walked this earth, but he wasn't a regular man. He was God in the flesh, an equal part of the Trinity, born of a virgin. He walked this earth for 33 years. He got down in the pit with us in all the muck and dirt. Then he died so that we would have an escape from the punishment of our sin. See, that sin problem has been a problem that started all the way back at the beginning when we chose our way over God's way. And all throughout the history of man, we've done that over and over again, and now we flood this earth with pain and death and hurt and sin. But there's a way out. Jesus is the bridge that brings us back to God. You could call on him right now. It's not a magic prayer, not a pledge of allegiance or something you just say, but it's an acceptance of the gift that Jesus gave us on the cross. See, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave three days later. He brought our salvation with him. He conquered sin and death forever. You could call on him today. Words aren't important. You got to know that you're a sinner. You got to know that there's a penalty for your sin. It hurts us and those around us. And eventually, if we reject God our whole entire life, it leads to a separation from God forever in a place called hell. But you you don't have to do that. It's your choice. God gives us the opportunity. He gives us this gift and it's outstretched to you right now. And you could put all your faith on what Jesus did on the cross and turn from your sin. You don't have to promise to be perfect the rest of your life. You just got to let go of all that and grab that gift that Jesus gives us. If you make that choice today and you call out to him, I'd love you to Fill that out on your connection card. Put, I chose Jesus. And I'd love to follow up with you or Pastor Scott, one of us will follow up with you and tell you about what's next. Don't rush past that moment. That's where new life begins. That moment, that time when we accept him as our savior. Let's stand to our feet. We're gonna sing. Maybe today, what you need to decide is that you know that one of your close friends, your family is struggling silently with some type of sin. And really what you need to do is you need to go let them know that you love them and that you care about them and that you're there for them. 
We love as Christians to stay surface level. And I don't, it gets real awkward when someone starts crying, right? And things get weird and I don't want to, that's, that's not what I want to do. That's not who God made us to be. He made us to be a family there for each other, to push past the weather and sports and all that stuff, to ask people how they're really doing. Are you okay? I know you had a loved one pass away. Are you okay? I know you lost your job. Is everything? Can I help? Can I pray with you? And get past the surface stuff to where we really live on the inside. Let's sing. Let's worship God.